woke up quick at about noon Just thought that I had to be in Compton soon I gotta get drunk before the day begins Before my mother starts about my friends About to go and damn near went blind Young at the pad throwing up gang signs Ran in the house and grabbed my clip With the Mac-10 on the side of my hip Bailed outside and pointed my weapon Just as I thought the fools kept stepping Jumped in the foe, hit the juice on my ride I got front and back and side to side Then I let the Alpine play, play, play. What's up, what's up, what's up, my L.A. basketball family? This your boy, L.A. Ray Harris, host of L.A. Courtside Podcast, a podcast which is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. That was just a little bit of uh, uh, Easy E for your listening pleasure, boys in the hood. Easy E on the mic, N.W.A., boys in the hood. And boys was the stuff back in the day. Hey, this is episode number 83 of L.A. Courtside Podcast. I'm almost approaching one year into doing this podcast, and I am still having a blast. And I just want to thank all of you L.A. basketball fans for listening to my show and making this whole thing possible. Uh, for this particular episode, episode number 83, I, you know, I'm feeling kind of down and out nowadays about the NBA basketball, not the fault of anyone in particular it's just this COVID-19 crap bullshit man we are all getting sick and tired do you hear me sick and tired of this COVID bullshit I just wish it would go away now it's affecting our entertainment our watching of NBA basketball the best athletes in the world all of these teams now are getting ravaged by NBA COVID protocol, health and protocol, as they call it, signing all of these players to, they're calling it hardship 10-day contracts. Now I understand that it must be done. There's no point in me whining and crying about that. It must be done. And are we going to continue to watch? Yes, we are. Well, hell, I have to watch. Of course, I have to do this podcast. I have to have some information to pass on to, to my L.A. basketball fam. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. I mean, I'm turning on NBA League Pass and NBA TV. I'm seeing cats out there, man, that's been retired for like two, three years, sitting on a couch, you know, eating steak and eggs for breakfast. And now they're all of a sudden they're back in the NBA signing a 10-day. And then they sign another 10-day. And then they sign a third 10-day contract. Good for them, though. I mean, hell, they're, they're making money. Hell, those guys, even on 10-day contracts, make more, more damn money than I do. So kudos to them for that. And you have some of the young guys who are signing these 10-day contracts and, you know, they're trying to make a mark for themselves or for themselves in the NBA. Hopefully some GM will see them play and maybe they'll stick on a team. But it's just disconcerting to watch these games and see zero continuity on the basketball court. And the Lakers and the Clippers are no exception. I'll get to both of our L.A. teams in a moment. But just just to give you an idea of, of, of what's out there, what we're seeing, uh, I just wrote down a few few players on this little piece of paper I have in front of me right here that uh, you all have probably seen in the last, say, couple of weeks. Joe Johnson, Joe Iso Johnson. Remember him? He was drafted by the Boston Celtics 20 years ago. 
And he's now back with the Boston Celtics. Joe Iso Johnson. He was one of the smoothest shooters from back in the day. I will give him that. Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe, formerly of the Detroit Pistons, playing with Milwaukee. Had a couple of good games, as a matter of fact, with Milwaukee since he's been back. Really interesting. I had a little Twitter conversation back and forth with one of my Twitter followers as I was complaining about all of these uh, guys coming in on these 10-day contracts and how difficult it is to watch. And this guy, he uh, singled out Greg Monroe. And I was telling him on Twitter, hey, man, Greg Monroe, if he was that good or good enough to play in the NBA without this 10-day contract, he would already be in the league or he would still be in the league. So he and I were going back and forth about that. Maybe the guy is a Greg Monroe fan. I'm not sure. But in Greg Monroe's first game with the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but he had something like 16 points, eight rebounds, four assists, something like that, played over 20 minutes, played well. So the Twitter follower, he made sure that he took a screenshot of that stat line of Greg Monroe and sent it to me. But, you know, that's probably a dime a dozen. You know, once the dust settles, I don't think Greg Monroe would be in the NBA. You got guys like James Ennis of Ventura, California. He is now currently with the L.A. Clippers. Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson, formerly of Detroit Pistons. Stanley Johnson was horrible. Horrible. Hey, he's now with the Lakers. Getting minutes. Started in the last game, as a matter of fact. Matt McClung. See, he's, he's one of these young players that I don't have any fault uh, for them being in the league on 10-day contracts. Matt McClung, who I thought the Lakers should have gave a little closer look to. He's on the Chicago Bulls on their 10-day contract. Isaiah Thomas came back, played with the Lakers, played pretty well in his first couple of games. The first game, I believe he scored 19 points, and I think maybe 15 in the second game. After that, he went in the tank. He went in the tank big time. Lakers cut him. Now he has found himself back with the Dallas Mavericks on a 10-day contract. And let me just throw out a couple more names out here. Those names I just gave you are pretty familiar but you got you have guys like Dakota Mathias uh, Eric Holman Haywood Highsmith you know guys like that uh, I mentioned James Enos you have Jalen Horde Micah Potter Micah Potter not to be confused with the brother of Harry Potter you have Brad Wanamaker he's been in the NBA before I mentioned Isaiah Thomas you have guys like Trayvon Palmer, who's playing for the Pistons. Farron Hunt. I mean, you know, these are not household names, folks. Delon Giroux. Maybe he's related to Al Giroux. Not sure. Elise Johnson. Shonde Brown. Here's another um, a young player who, you know, Shonde Brown's not going to turn down a 10-day contract. Of course, he got drafted by the Lakers, and he was on the Lakers G League squad. And now he's with the Atlanta Hawks on a 10-day. Now, whether or not he makes that team, hopefully he does. Hopefully Shonde plays well and makes the team. If not, he'll just be going back to the G League, and he will continue to chase his NBA dream. So I'm saying all that to say is the, the NBA right now is in a precarious situation. They're not going to, at least I don't think they're going to, suspend or postpone the season as of yet. There has been you know, some rumblings about that or, you know, whether or not the uh, NBA commissioner will, uh, Adam Silver will pull that trigger and uh, postpone the season until, you know, we get a handle on this Omicron uh, variant that's ravaging this country. I just got over it myself. Um, I had got vaccinated. I've been vaccinated with both shots 
and I was getting ready to get the booster shot. And then I got ill, just, you know, minor sore throat and a little coughing and maybe a little chills or something like that. And I went and took a test and I was positive. So who knows where this thing is going, man? I just wish the hell, you know, God just reached down upon us. I mean, what, what are you trying to tell us here with this, this uh, virus? Okay, what, hey, what have we all done here? I know we've all sinned, you know, maybe this is a message up above, but hey, it is what it is, and the NBA is no exception. You know, they're going through this, just like the National Hockey League. Several of those games were canceled or postponed, and you also have the National Football League. There are several National Football League players that are succumbing to uh, COVID-19 protocols. Uh, thank God it didn't affect my fantasy football team. I am in a, I digress here. I am in the fantasy football league championship where I get a chance to win a grand this weekend, baby. And hopefully my team called the Sting Rays will come through. But uh, as I mentioned, all professional sports team colleges, some of the college bowl games are being uh, postponed or canceled. Actually, a few of the bowl games have been canceled. You, you even had a team, uh, I forget which bowl it was, but Rutgers had to be a last minute replacement to play in uh, a bowl game because uh, one of the other teams just had too many college kids that are on COVID protocol. So enough of that whining, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, I, you know, it, you know, I don't have to like it, but it's the NBA still, and we're going to watch, we're going to watch and we're going to be rooting our teams on. And speaking of our teams, let me start off this uh, segment discussing the Los Angeles Lakers who you know, they, they've lost five of their last six games. And again, you know, they're, they're, they're no different than any other NBA team. They have players going through COVID. They have their injuries. Of course, Anthony Davis, is he's going to be out for a while. No one knows when he's coming back. But I tell you what, LeBron James is playing. Today is his birthday, by the way, as, as I'm recording this episode here. LeBron James has scored 30 straight points or 30 points or more in six straight games. And he's the oldest player in the NBA to accomplish that feat. I believe today he turns 37-ish, I believe, maybe 38, 37, 38, something like that. He's the oldest player to record six, six straight games of 30 points or more. And it started with the victory, or the loss, I should say, at Chicago back on December 19th when he scored 31 points. And then most recently against the Memphis Grizzlies, that loss at Memphis with James scored 37 points. So LeBron James is carrying his weight. He's doing what the King does or what Kings do. He's carrying that team. And of course, all the chatter on Twitter centers around Russell Westbrook. And hey, hey fans, LA fans, Laker fans, Laker Nation, Lake Show, it is what it is. You know, I, I go back and forth on Twitter all the time with, you know, with my Laker buddies, you know, about Russell Westbrook. And this last game against Memphis, the 104 to 99 loss to Memphis, you know, I, I see Russell Westbrook missing layups. You know, on Christmas Day, he missed the dunk. You know, that game they lost uh, at the, well, the last uh, Staples Center, not the Staples Center anymore, the ridiculous Crypto.com arena where Russell missed the dunk. And a lot of a lot of Russell Westbrook fans are, to me, giving him a pass. You know, if he has a bad game, a lot of the fans will say, well, he at least scored a triple-double. 
Man, nobody cares about that. Who, who gives a damn? So you had a triple-double. Okay. You had 10 rebounds. Yep. You had 10 assists. Yes. And the triple, the easiest part of triple-double to get, folks, is the points. You only have to have 10 points. So if you shoot four of 20 from the field, that's eight points right there unless one of them is a three. You make yourself a couple of three uh, free throws, and you got yourself a triple-double. Okay. So to me, at this point in Russell Westbrook's career, it's not impressive anymore. You know, just because you had a triple double. Okay. What are you doing down the stretch to win games? He's still turning the ball over. He still makes bad decisions on occasion, not all the time. And I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook is a horrible player. Don't get me wrong. Now, you know, please don't assault my intelligence on that. Russell Westbrook is a great player. They brought him in to be great. They didn't bring him in to be mediocre. They didn't bring him in to be good. They didn't bring him in to be very good. They brought him in to be great along with LeBron James. And that includes winning ball games down the stretch when it counts. What you do in the first quarter of an NBA basketball game don't mean a hill of beans to me. Okay, What are you doing in the fourth quarter? I mean, this dude missed a point blank layup. Uh, not even a dunk attempt, a layup against the Memphis Grizzlies. And then what do I hear from some Laker fans? Well, this particular player, he only, he, he, you know, he didn't make, you know, all of his shots or he shot poorly just like uh, Westbrook did. Or this player had turnovers as well. You know, LeBron James, he had five turnovers just like Westbrook did. You know, Malik Monk didn't do this or didn't do that or, or, uh, Avery Bradley didn't do this. Guys, we're not talking about those guys. We're talking about Russell Westbrook that makes 44 million stacks per year. 44 million or 45, whatever it is. Okay, down the stretch is where we need Russ to be great. And he has not been that. And forget about the trade rumors, the trade talk, or well, maybe you can trade him for this or package him with this player and bring in this all-star player. Guys, who, what, what NBA team is going to take Russell Westbrook right now in $44 million? You know, a guy that's, even though he has triple doubles on occasion, but pretty much struggles a lot. Who's going to take that on? Nobody. Westbrook has to, has to pick it up. And at the end of the day, and, and I put a, you know, some of this blame, if the Lakers, right now it doesn't even look like they're going to make the playoffs. Okay, I still think they will because you're going to get Anthony Davis back. But at this point, the Lakers are sitting at 17 and 19. Who knows where they're going to end up? But if this thing just crashes and burns, you know, some of this blame can be right on the huge shoulders of the king, LeBron James. Everyone keeps saying the same thing, and it's true. This is your team. You brought this team together. You co-signed this team. You think Rob Palenka put this team together without getting a, a – a, a co-signature from LeBron James, okay? Keep dreaming if you think that's the case. LeBron James wanted my, uh, uh, Russell Westbrook here. He's here. He wanted Carmelo Anthony. He's here. Hell, I don't know. He Maybe he wanted Dwight Howard. He's here, okay? Rondo, he's here. You got all the players that you wanted, and right now it is just not working. All of the fears that a lot of – NBA pundits and fans had before the season started was 
was LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, would they be able to coexist? Are they two great players? Absolutely. Are they Hall of Famers? Yes. Are they in the top 75 in NBA history? Yes. But that doesn't mean that they can coexist. Round peg, square hole, baby. And as of right now, you can try to put a, a, that round peg into a square hole with a hammer and it's not going to go through. It's just not working out. It's just not. So at the end of the day, LeBron James, you know, you have to look yourself in the mirror as well. You know, I don't see GM in your future. You know, if, if you're going to put teams together like this, you still don't have the outside shooting that you need. And, you know, you, you have two ball-dominant guys, including yourself on this squad, yourself and Russell Westbrook. And then if you throw in Taylor Horton Tucker, who wants to be a ball-dominant guy and who also is not playing well, and the Lakers extended him, gave him a nice uh, extension to his contract. And ever since he signed that, he hasn't been doing much of anything. When he came back from injury, he had a couple, maybe two or three good games. Then after that, nothing. Against Memphis, Taylor Horton Tucker, 19 minutes, two of seven from the field. He had five rebounds, a couple of assists. He had four points. You know, they're looking for more from Taylor Horton Tucker. There's uh, trade rumors out there with him already regarding uh, Jeremy Grant of the Detroit Pistons. Why would the Pistons do that? The way Taylor Horton Tucker is playing, why, why would the Pistons want to get Taylor Horton Tucker, even though, of course, he's younger than Jeremy Grant? Pistons aren't going anywhere. But Jeremy Grant, when he's healthy, you know, he scores 20 points a game. He'll get you like maybe eight rebounds, get you a few assists. His defense is okay. It's not, you know, he's not going to make any all defensive teams, but he's not going to embarrass himself on the defensive side of the court. But the Pistons, their GM, they're not, they're not stupid. At least I don't think they are. You know, why, why would I want Taylor Horton Tucker right now? He's not showing me anything. And even if they, get, even if they did get Jeremy Grant, it's not going to, as Shannon, uh, Shannon Sharp mentioned uh, on his show uh, the other day, even if they got somebody like Jeremy Grant, it's not going to make the Lakers uh, that much better. So the Lakers right now, they're, they're, they're in sort of a quandary right now. It's, it's like no one knows where this team is headed. I mean, that game against Memphis, they had a chance to win that game. Again, you had the, the missed layup by uh, Westbrook. You know, toward the end of that game, a huge, huge miss. And John Morant, by the way, torching, torching the Lakers. Great young player, 13 out of 27 from the field, 41 points. He was 6 of 7 from the three-point line. He's not even a quote-unquote three-point shooter. And he was absolutely torching the Lakers. They had no answer for John Morant, none. But LeBron James, you know, the old man, the king, king of the jungle, king of L.A., LeBron James, 37 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, 8 out of 14 from beyond the arc. Now, that particular game, LeBron James was hot from beyond the arc. I have been critical of LeBron James in shooting so many threes. He's not a three-point shooter per se. Couldn't he make them? Of course he can. But he's not a volume three-point shooter. He's, no, he's not a J.J. Redick or anything like that. You know, bombing away from three or, or Steph Curry. That's a guy that I shouldn't mention. It's not a Steph Curry, not even a Seth Curry. But in that particular game, you know, LeBron James was doing his thing. 13 out of 25 from the field overall. So he's pulling his weight, man. It's the rest of the, the Lakers squad that's, that has all kind of question marks. Again, 
THT. Uh, Malik Monk, they inserted him in the starting lineup. Now, I'm not sure how long that's going to last, uh, but when Malik Monk has been in the starting lineup, he has stepped up to the plate. In that Memphis game, he played 31 minutes, 6 of 9 from the field, scored 15 points, plus 12 while he was on the floor. So, say all that to say, Lakers, Laker, Laker fans, Laker Nation, Lake Show, you know, we're going to keep rooting for this team, of course. And anytime you have guys like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook on your team, you know, three of the top 75 player, uh, top 75 basketball players of all time, then you're going to have a shot. You're going to have a shot. Right now, it looks like they're going to end up in that play, that ridiculous playing tournament, either a seven, eight, nine, or ten seed. And it's going to be, if that's the case, it's going to be really, really tough to get out of that, out of that scenario, and then eventually have to go up against either the Phoenix Suns or the Golden State Warriors, or hell, even the Utah Jazz, who who are playing good basketball right now. Right now. The Lakers would not beat any of those teams in the seven-game series right now. Neither one of those top three, especially Phoenix and or Golden State. It just won't happen. Now, we have a lot of season left to go. Can the Lakers turn this around? Absolutely, they can. You know, I'm not trying to be the Debbie Downer of L.A. Listen to L.A. Ray. L.A. Ray, the Debbie Downer of L.A. Not trying to be that. I'm rooting for the guys. Of course I am. But they have to play better. And I tell you what, lastly, before this trade deadline hits, Rob Palenka, there's going to be some sort of trade. Now, will they make a trade for the sake of make just making one? Well, heck yeah, because the Laker organization, they have, you know, this is like playing poker. They're, you know, they're all in. You know, hey, check or bet. Check or bet. I'm betting. I'm putting in all my chips. That's what the Lakers did this season by getting the team that they have. They put in all the chips and, hey, see where it ends up. So you can't just stand pat with this team, not, not with the way they're playing. Whether it be a small move, a big move, who knows, but they're going to make a move. And whether or not it works out, whether or not it gives them a spark, depending on who comes in here, who leaves, or maybe even the coach. You know, hey, I was, I was an advocate of, well, not necessarily Frank Vogel should be fired, uh, but you know, I've had discussions with people of whether he should be or will be. Actually, I thought after the Christmas game, if they would have got blown out by the uh, Brooklyn Nets, they were lucky Kevin Durant wasn't playing, or that game would have really probably would have really been ugly. And there's a possibility that Vogel may have lost his job. He's on COVID protocol himself. Fisdale is coaching the team, but you know, a lot of people say, well, okay, Fisdale, you know, he's coaching with the same results. Yeah, but Fisdale is using Vogel's coaching philosophy you know don't think for one minute that Vogel's not behind the scenes giving coaching directions to Fisdale that's absolutely the case so we'll see what happens we'll see what happens with the Lakers it's going to be very very interesting moving forward and again can they turn this thing around yes they can will they it's another story all together it's another story altogether. And again, they're they're just like any other team with all of these doggone COVID-19, all these players coming off. Darren Collinson, man, he's been sitting on the couch for two years eating steak and egg for breakfast. Darren Collinson, I ain't mad at him. Hey, do your thing, man. But like I said, it's it's just really, really hard to watch. Let me let me let me throw this piece of paper away with all of these, all of these uh uh 10-day contract players on here. Because it's it's just really, really depressing. 
Before I get to my second segment regarding the L.A. Clippers, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's just that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Cruising down the street in my 6 fall. Jocking the Slapping up. Went to the park to get the scoop. Knuckleheads out there, cold shooting some hoops. A car pulls up, who can it be? A fresh El Camino rolling Kilo G. He rolled down his window and he started to say, It's all about making that GTA. Cause the boys in the hood are always hard. They come talking that trash, we'll pull your car. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. All right, all right, all right. My LA basketball family again. This is LA Ray Harris, your host of LA Courtside Podcast which is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and also sponsored by DraftKings.com, as you just heard. If you want to sign up for DraftKings.com, just make sure you go on their website, www.DraftKings.com, put in promo code TBPN and start placing your bets. So just like Easy e just said, uh, rolling up on the playground, I'm paraphrasing here, seeing some knuckleheads shooting some hoops. Now, I'm not going to call these guys on 10-day contracts knuckleheads, but you get what I'm saying. The Clippers are no different than any other NBA team as they are suffering from COVID protocol situations and also they are suffering through injuries. And, of course, one of the or the most major injury they have on this team, of course, is Paul George, who will be out for three to four weeks after which he will be reevaluated with his injured elbow. The last game Paul George played was against San Antonio on December 20th, where he scored 25 points. And after that, the Clippers, they have won two games and lost two games, a pedestrian 500 record, but at least they have won two games without their main scorer in Paul George. The game against Sacramento, uh, they were led by Eric Bledsoe, who's actually been playing pretty well since being thrust back into that starting lineup. He scored 19 points and had eight assists in that game and uh, played pretty well. Oh, I'm sorry, eight rebounds. He played pretty well in that basketball game. And the game that they lost against Denver, a very, very close game against a very good Denver squad, 103-100 to at the uh, their first game at the Crypto.com Arena. Eric Bledsoe, again, led them in scoring with 18 points. 
one bit of good news that's going on with the Clippers uh, lately is the return of Marcus Morris Sr., who in the last two games has scored 24 and 23 points, respectively. They did lose to the Brooklyn Nets on the 27th, 124-108. to 108. And in that particular game, they were just behind the eight ball in that game. That's just not a game that they were going to win. Um, Brooklyn just had too much firepower, and especially James Harden, who, by the way, seems like he's back to his old self, the beard. 15 out of 25 from the field against the undermanned Clippers. He scored 39 points. He had 15 assists, eight rebounds. Now, keep in mind that the Brooklyn Nets still don't have Kevin Durant back as of yet. But it didn't seem like it in that game. Brooklyn jumped out to a 38-33 lead after one. And you can tell after one quarter that they were going to just score a boatload of points. And the Clippers just were not going to be able uh, to hang Claxton also uh, for the net scored 18 points in that game. But on the Clippers side of the ledger, again, Marcus Morris Sr. played well. Six out of 13 from the field, 24 points. It looks like he's getting his stroke back. And when he's playing well, especially behind the arc, he was four of seven from beyond the arc in that game against Brooklyn. He just spreads the floor and opens up a whole lot more opportunities for guys like Eric Bledsoe to drive to the basket and when Reggie Jackson comes back. Reggie Jackson is out, of course, with COVID protocol. He's out. Uh, he will be back, I believe, in a game coming up against Toronto on, uh, I think it's Toronto, on New Year's Eve. I'll check the schedule in a moment. But Eric Bledsoe has been playing pretty well. And Marcus Morris Sr., again, when he's hitting from behind that arc, it just opens up the lane for the guards of the Clippers to drive and dish or, or, or drive and try to score themselves. Uh, Luke Kennard, he's also been thrust into that starting lineup as of late. Played okay against the Brooklyn Nets, scoring 10 points. It, you know, it seems like after every game, Ty Lue always says that he wants Luke Kennard to shoot even more. He wants a guy to be selfish. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, you're an NBA man. Jack it up. And, and as of right now, you know, without Paul George and without Reggie Jackson, they need you to score. It's just flat out, man. Just, hey, Luke, cool hand Luke. Jack got them shots, baby. Hey, if the coach gave me the green light, coach ever gave me the green light, yo, back in the day when I was playing, if he said, hey, L.A., L.A., man, shoot the pill, then I'm shooting that damn pill. Hey, coach gave me the green light, baby. I'm jacking them up. So look forward to a lot more shots from Luke Kennard. His minutes have increased significantly, of course, uh, at the start of this year and and really as of late, say like in the last 10 games or so, Luke Kennard actually had a little uh, injury himself. I believe it may have been to his hip, but it wasn't anything major. He's averaging over 25 minutes a game. So, you know, he hey, he has a green light again. Ty Lewis getting him the green light. He should go ahead and take advantage of that. Serge Ibaka seems like he may be rounding into shape. You know, he's, he's just like Marcus Morris Sr. When he's out there beyond that arc, and if Serge Ibaka is, is hitting threes, then that just stretches out the floor even more. You know, again, he's not a Steph Curry type guy, but Serge Ibaka can hit that three. You know, you, you have to respect him out there beyond that arc, whether he makes them or not. And again, that opens up the floor, opens up other possibilities for, you know, guys like Luke Kennard, Eric Bledsoe, Reggie Jackson when he comes back. 
T-Man, uh, you know, driving to the basket. Terrence Mann, by the way, he's he's really, really up and down. I mean, I really, really like the kid. He's, he's definitely a keeper. He's really a scrappy, scrappy player. The consistency for Terrence Mann is just not there as yet, as yet. But, you know, he's still young. You know, the guy's still young. The kid's still young. And he's going to be very, very good. It's, it's just the consistency is lacking with Terrence Mann at this point. But he's also been thrust into the starting lineup. So against the Brooklyn Nets, your starting five was Marcus Morris Sr., Visha Zubak, Eric Bledsoe, Terrence Mann, and Luke Kennard. Now, and you have guys like Justice Winslow, who I've kind of been on all year. I was kind of questioning the signing of Winslow to begin with at the beginning of the year. But he's been forced to play a lot more minutes as well. Played 17 minutes against the Brooklyn Nets. He only scored four points, but he did have nine rebounds. So he definitely contributed, even though they lost that game 124 to 108. Brandon Boston Jr. is another kid, of course, who uh, has been thrust with more minutes. And he's, go he's definitely going to be up and down. You know, I know Clipper fans used to be very, very excited about Brandon Boston Jr. Very excited. But he's going to have games where he's not going to shoot well. Against Brooklyn, he was only 3 out of 11, only 1 of 5 from beyond the arc. Scored 9 points. He did have 5 rebounds and 4 assists, and he's going to be running around out there like the Energizer, energizer Bunny. Uh, but he's going to make a lot of mistakes, and he has made a lot of mistakes, but that's okay. That's okay. This Clippers, you know, they got, they got a couple of young pieces here. Keon Johnson, he's also been thrust into more minutes. Had his best game as a Clipper rookie against Brooklyn. 17 minutes, 6 out of 14 from the field for 15 points. And, of course, you have Jason Preston, who's still recovering from uh, the foot injury. So the future is still bright for the Clippers, even though right now they're sitting at 18 and 17. You know, their, their record is just a little a tad bit better than the Lakers. But as of right now, they're in the same boat as the Lakers. They may find themselves, depending on how fast Paul George can come back and if they get Kawhi Leonard back, they can find themselves in the play-in tournament, the 7th, 8th, ninth, or 10th seed. Now, that next game against the Boston Celtics, Clippers won 91-82. to 82. You can thank some of that, think, uh, or thank, I should say, some of that to the Boston Celtics' woeful shooter. I have never seen a worse shooting game than what the Boston Celtics exhibited in that game against the Clippers. I've never seen anything like it. They were four for 42 from beyond the arc, folks. Imagine that. Four for 42 for 9.5%. The last time I saw a team shoot that badly was uh, the beard, James Harden, in that playoff game a few years ago in the Houston Rockets, where I forget who they're playing, but they missed like the Houston Rockets, I'm talking about, missed like 27 straight three-pointers or something like that. Those dudes are four out of 42. Jalen Brown was one out of 13. Even though Jalen Brown scored 30 points, he was one out of 13 from beyond the arc and 13 of 36 shooting altogether. The Celtics only shot 34% for the game, 35 for one-on-one. So the Clippers took advantage of the woeful shooting by the Celtics to win that game. And your starters in that particular game, because it seemed like the starting lineups, it, it changes a lot. Well, actually, it was the same lineup that they played or they started against the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, uh, Marcus Morris Sr., Zubak, Bledsoe, Mann, and Kennard. And 
Kennard, Mann, and Bledsoe, all three of those guys scored 17 points. So they had balanced scoring in that game. Marcus Moore Sr. again led the Clippers with 23 points on 9 for 21 shooting. But Bledsoe was 6 of 15. Terrence Mann was 7 out of 11. And Luke Kennard was 6 out of 14. Brandon Boston missed that game, of course. Why? COVID protocol. And then the Clippers, they ran someone out there by the name of Xavier Moon. Does that name ring a bell, Clipper fans? Do you remember his brother or his uncle, I should say? Jamario Moon that played with the Clippers back in, I want to say, in the early 2000s, somewhere around in there. Xavier Moon played 11 minutes. Didn't score, but yeah, you need bodies. You need bodies. Enos, James Enos, Enos the third, you know, from Ventura, California. He is back with a run with the Clippers. Guy from Oxnard or College of Oxnard, six foot six, 215 pounds, James Ennis. He can shoot the three, but, you know, how much time is he going to get? You know, how, how valuable is he going to be with the Clippers? He's on a 10 day, you know, so you can't expect much there. Coffee played actually, Amir Coffee actually played pretty well, 28 minutes. He's another guy who's starting to get extended minutes because of the injuries and the COVID protocol situations. He scored eight points against the Boston Celtics, played pretty well. So, again, the Clippers, they're in the same boat as the Lakers. They're in the same boat as the Boston Celtics. They're in the same boat as the Brooklyn Nets, the Detroit Pistons, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know what I mean. You can go on and on and on about this ridiculous COVID-19 protocol, hardship, 10-day contract bullshit that, that, oh, my God, it's just irritating as hell. Irritating as hell. But one thing you can say about the Clippers is that they are a scrappy bunch. You know, they put them young cats in there, man. You know, your Terrence Manns, your, your Brandon Bostons, your, your America uh, Coffees, your, your Keon Johnsons. You know, those are young, scrappy, hungry guys, man. So... They're, they're sort of like the opposite, the polar opposite of the Lakers. You know, Lakers are the older bunch. Clippers are a little younger bunch. And those guys are scrappy. Is it going to be difficult for the Clippers to, to uh, stay afloat while Paul George is out for these three to four weeks? Well, of course it is. It's going to be difficult. But I tell you what, one thing about the Clippers is they're going to give it, they're going to give it 100%. They're going to give it 100%. And these young cats, man, you know, they're going to want to try to seize on the opportunity to show Ty Lue, hey, when Paul George comes back and or Kawhi Leonard, whenever he comes back, I deserve to get a little bit more playing time. You know, Brandon Boston, he's going to get a boatload of minutes between now and the next month. A boatload of minutes. Their next game, the Clippers I'm referring to, is tomorrow night against the Toronto Raptors on New Year's Eve. And then on New Year's Day, they play the Brooklyn Nets at Brooklyn, those are going to be two very, very difficult games. But, again, the Clippers, they're, they're a very scrappy bunch. So, you know, I think they're going to make a game of it. You know, it's one of those situations where, especially against Brooklyn, where down the stretch, and I believe Kevin Durant may be back for that one, you know, maybe a little bit too much for the Clippers to handle. But, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to give up. Ty Lue is the type of coach. He's not going to let this team uh, give up or get down on themselves. And they're going to go out and they're going to ball and just let the chips fall where they may. So, again, when I started off this episode, I said I was kind of down a little bit, you know, because of all the COVID crap that's going on. But, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. We all have to deal with it one way or the other. And uh, when you turn on your TV, NBA League Pass and, or, or 
uh, NBA TV and, you know, you see guys like Greg Monroe and Joe Johnson and, you know, you might as well bring like, like J.R. Smith. You know, why don't you bring J.R. Smith back? You know, J.J. Redick. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing, I wouldn't mind seeing J.J. Redick on one of these L.A. teams, man. He probably could still uh, stand behind that three-point line and shoot some threes. So, again, it is what it is. So, thanks again, my, my L.A. fam, for listening. Again, this was episode number 83, and I will be dropping episode number 84 in a few days. If you don't want to miss any of my future episodes on L.A. Course App Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, uh, please make sure you subscribe. And I would appreciate it if you wrote a review on this particular podcast. You know, constructive criticism never hurts anyone. So, with that, my L.A. fam, until the next episode of L.A. Courtside Podcast. Everyone stay safe out there. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful New Year's, a safe New Year's Eve if you're going out doing any partying. Please be safe out there. You know, please protect yourselves. Wear a mask if you have to and, and all those sorts of things. And have a wonderful, wonderful and a happy, happy New Year. Peace. Six minutes, six minutes, leggy French, you're on. Uh, uh, on. Uh.